Hi, I'm Paul Miller and this is Digital Workplace Impact, where we investigate and explore the ideas, practices and people that are impacting the new digital worlds where we all work. Digital Workplace Impact is produced by the Digital Workplace Group, a strategic partner and boutique consultancy covering all aspects of the evolving digital workplace industry through membership, benchmarking and boutique consulting services. And if you'd like more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com. So I'm introducing a new feature into Digital Workplace Impact. Um, wasn't sure what to call this. There's one of the people that I really love listening to, Sam Harris, who's got a podcast called Making Sense. And he has this thing at the beginning, which he calls housekeeping, which has become quite an interesting feature of his podcast. And it's really all the stuff that's going through Sam's mind or really through his Twitter feed. And he shares various things that have been happening in his life around it. So what I'm going to call this um, kind of version of that that I'm going to do myself, I'm going to call it At Paul Miller Says. And I'm going to call it At Paul Miller Says because that's my Twitter handle. And therefore, I thought that made sense. Well, um couple of things that I've been thinking about is that we've got a meeting of DWG members at American Express in New York in March. I'm not able to be there for that, unfortunately, but I know it's going to be a really amazing meeting. And one of the reasons is essentially kind of New York's a place that attracts lots of people to come to it from across our membership and guests, um, but particularly because our hosts, American Express, have really made a big impact in the digital workplace in the last few years. They seem to have really taken the external obsession that they've got with customer experience and applied it to employee experience. So I think that is going to be a really impactful meeting. I've been thinking about that. Uh, What I am going to be in New York for the month after that in April is for one of our executive sessions that we're going to be having at Microsoft's offices in Manhattan. And we have decided that we're going to focus on this topic called future of work, Um, mainly because there's an awful lot of interest in the future of work I've got a confession, though. I don't really like the topic future of work because to me that just means work in the future. It doesn't really say anything. But I guess because work is in such a state of flux, evolution, transformation, uncoupling, uh, the topic of future work is is really kind of front and centre. So we are going to focus on that And I think Microsoft will provide a good backdrop for it. Um, Things that I've noticed, even though we're only into week three, week, week three. Yeah, I'm going to count the short week right at the beginning of January as a week. So we're now into week four um, of 2020 is there's 
a lot more attention on what I would call strategic thinking and strategic planning. I don't know if it's a sense that organisations can't believe that we actually made it into 2020 and that we actually made it into a new decade, given how turbulent things seem to have felt in the last few years. But we did. And there's a sense of, well, if we're here, we better start planning because, you know, it won't be that long and it'll be 2030. So there's a great appetite for really starting to think things through. Um, I heard that there was a really significant gathering of people from a major car manufacturer in Sweden, um, the CEO and a lot of their kind of people, and an equivalent team from one of the big technology companies. And they met up over several days. And all they were doing was thinking about how do we transform the way we work. Uh, And I thought that was really fascinating. And I think it's part of this idea of organisations that are really established thinking, how do we create ourselves as a very new and different type of organisation? Something else I've been thinking about is what I'll call kind of national digital appetite. So What level of appetite has your country got and what level of dexterity? So it's a kind of like how good are you already with technology and also what appetite you have for it in the future? Because I think there are some absolutely huge variations. Um, I mean, rather than kind of referencing specific countries that might come to mind you know if you look at um south korea and you look at finland they've got huge digital advances and really strong digital appetites um i probably won't mention countries that i think don't have much of an appetite but i definitely know this in some parts of europe that some countries you kind of feel like They'd really rather that technology didn't exist and that it would be nice if if it just kind of stop hassling them. So I think that's a really important thing. And if I was in politics, which I'm not and never would be, um, I would be really thinking about that kind of cultural change in the country. Anyway, Um, I normally would be just handing over to a guest at this point, but this is just a digital workplace impact kind of mini. We're going to do mini bite-sized chunks of the podcast every month, as well as the usual content. And I've got a great session that I'm recording tomorrow, all on the topic of digital workplace Uh, morality what's digital morality in the modern workplace and i've got some great guests from avenard and harvard university coming on to talk about this really uh, important and evolving topic My first of my 2020 predictions is around accessibility. 
and accessibility, um, which is the whole business of creating digital workplaces that are able to be used by people irrespective of their own disability. Now, this topic has been around for almost 20 years, I think, and it is actually a legal requirement. Just like if you go into a shop or a store, um, you need, if you're in a wheelchair, to be able to get into that place as easily as anybody who's able-bodied. And that's the law, because you've got to have accessible um, shops. Now, the same is true in workplaces, and that is actually the law. But it's amazing how people just haven't really treated that um, uh, reality um, as a kind of fact that they need to think about. But the topic has kind of rumbled along um, over the last couple of decades. And technology really has become a lot more accessible, whether you're hearing impaired, sight impaired, learning impaired. There's an awful lot that technology can do to make your life easier. Now, I hadn't expected this, but one thing that really kind of came home to me was a story from Charles Schwab last year, which was that they were really focusing on accessibility within their enterprise because they said, look, we're trying to develop services and experiences for our customers. And I guess quite a few of their customers are going to be quite old, um, inevitably, and they've probably got quite a an old customer base, as well as, no doubt, a young customer base. But let's think about the old ones. And they're thinking about accessibility and accessible services for them. And so they said, we need to really practice that internally. Now, um, this has been a key requirement also for Barclays Bank, who have rejoined us as a member recently, people like Adobe, Scottish Government. So I noticed that accessibility was coming back in to importance. And I actually think it's not that organisations are really um, into accessibility. What they're really into is the idea of creating what I would call the inclusive workplace. The reason why they want to develop services for people irrespective of ability is that they want to provide a workplace that is fully inclusive. So to me... This is an extension of we are going to be a diverse, meritocratic, gender equal workplace. And we want to create in our organizations, Volvo, Ikea, Verizon, whoever, we want to create the most inclusive workplace possible. And consequently, we really need to not just be thinking about race, gender, age, But we also need to be thinking about people's ability and disabilities. And I think this is a really encouraging, positive thing. And I put it in as my first prediction for 2020. Now, what I also do when I do each of the annual predictions. So my prediction for 2020 is that accessibility rises in importance as part of a new inclusive workplace focus. What I also do is put in what I call a bigger picture. Um, This was given to me as an idea by Alex Bevan from American Express. And he said, you know, as well as thinking into the next 12 months, 
why don't you why don't you do a kind of think a bit further forward? So I do what's called a bigger picture. So my bigger picture prediction around this topic of accessibility inclusive workplaces that over time multi-generational workplaces will be routinely designed for all workers and technology as the blending of human and and technology advances. So what it's really saying is that we won't be thinking about the idea of multi-generational ability, inclusivity and so on. The, the, we will be th- we will assume that as a default mechanism, like water coming out of the taps, and the technology will continue to advance in this, and the technology working with human beings will advance in this, and we really won't need to kind of stress about it in the same way. I mean, what I would say is that organisations that don't do this are going to find themselves like a Um, a kind of outlier the sort of outlier you wouldn't want to be like an outlier that's a little bit unpleasant and a little bit out of touch Um, and nobody wants to be that so that's um, the Digital Workplace Impact Bite Size Mini Podcast on Prediction Number One on Accessibility and next month I'll be back with prediction number two and in between that there'll be new episodes launched and we've got some fantastic content lined up for 2020 we're really going to be pushing the boat out Digital Workplace Impact is produced by the Digital Workplace Group, a strategic partner and boutique consultancy supporting more than 100 leading businesses and public institutions to advance their intranets and broader digital workplaces through benchmarking, research and practitioner expertise. For more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com. And if you'd like to listen to previous episodes of the show, go to digitalworkplacegroup.com forward slash DWG underscore. Score podcast. This is Paul Miller wishing you well until next time.